Welcome to this audio presentation from St. Charles River Church. Today we have a message that we believe is full of practical and relevant behavioral teaching from God's Word, the Bible. We'd like to invite you to grab a piece of paper and a pen. Take notes as you go through this looking for a personal application from God to you. Sit back and enjoy as we begin this message. I'm going to read it, start at verse 22. That night Jacob got up and took his two wives and his two maidservants and his 11 sons and crossed the ford at Jabbok. Now I'm going to go back and give you some history in a second, but I want to give you a statement that he makes that's very powerful. In verse 23, he says, after he sent them across the stream, he sent them over with all of his possessions. So Jacob was left alone. Um, so Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him till daybreak and a man wrestled with him till daybreak verse 25 when the man saw that he could not overpower him he touched the socket of jacob's hip so that the hip was wrenched in other words he threw it out of socket it's basically what he did jacob how many remember jacob jacob remember remember i was telling you about joseph just not long ago i was talking about joseph and potiphar's wife jacob is his daddy If you don't know the story, Jacob is his father. Okay, so it's Abraham, Isaac, and, 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 and Jacob. And then just so you know, so he is, he is, uh, Joseph's father is Jacob. And at this point, you're going to see what takes place that is a life transforming thing, uh, according to his heavenly father. Now listen, in verse 25, he says, when the man saw that he could not overpower him, we're talking about God. Now we know, we find out later that it's actually God that he's wrestling with. A, in a human form, God came in a human form and begins to wrestle with Jacob. Now I want you to get this picture. When the man saw, and he's talking about the, the God man. When God saw, get the picture here. I'm going to explain something before I get too far, and then I'm going to give you some history. When the man saw that he could not overpower Jacob or him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched, and he he wrestled with as he wrestled with the man. The the then the man said, "Let me go. It's daybreak." <laughs> Jacob replied, "I will not let you go unless you bless me." Now. Get the picture of what this wrestling was all about. I've watched Darrell and Kaysen, my, my son-in-law, and Kaysen, my grandson. I've watched them wrestle. I have watched, I'm talking about Sienna, you know my grandbaby, Sienna and, and, uh, and Kaysen. I have watched them, i got pictures of them, with their daddy in a full headlock on the ground. Now Darrell, if you know Darrell, Darrell's a good size Hulk. I mean, the dude is kind of football player-ish. You know, he played some football and he's got a physique, you know, and he's all, he's all muscle. There is no way these kids have him in a headlock. I mean, seriously, in a headlock. Sienna, in this one picture, is, it looks like she's going to pull his head off. Get the picture. She's wrestling with her daddy. Do you get the picture now? About what's going on with Jacob. He's, he's wrestling with his daddy. And I'm telling you, when Sienna, I got this one picture. I snapped it just at the right time. It, it, it poor Darrell, man. He's got 
if he's breathing, I don't know what he's breathing because she's got her face like this and she's pulling his head like she's going to pull it off. You remember, you know the picture I'm talking about. Gina's seen the picture. And, and ask me after church and I'll show you. I, maybe I'll post it this week. But there, and then, and then Cason's got a hold of his legs and he is not letting go. And, and poor Durrell's going, I, can you, somebody let go? Can, 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 do you think Durrell could have flicked them off like a, like a little toothpick? Come on. This, the moment is, is God's moment. This is God the creator. This is the one who's still, you know, blowing stars into the universe and probably naming them after you and your grandchildren, you know? God, God, this is the God. God could have flicked him off that fast, but instead what we have a, is a picture of a father with a little boy that's attached to him and he says this to him. No, I'm not letting go, Dad. This is basically what's going on. I'm not letting go. Until you bless me. He knew who he was wrestling with. He knew who he was wrestling with. Get the picture. I, and, and God could have said, I just will him off of me. He wouldn't have even had to afflict him. But can you imagine the flick? Can you imagine how far Jacob would have gone had he flicked his little baby son across the desert there? Can you imagine what would have taken place? God didn't flick him. God didn't will him away. It says, when the man realized he wasn't going to shake him, he finally said, because what, what God was trying to do was get him to say what he wanted. God knew exactly what he was doing. He, he said, let go of me. It's almost daybreak. I'm not letting go of you until you give me what I want. That's what he said. Have you ever had that happen in a store with your kids in a toy store? <laughs> I'm not letting go of the cart until at that time I got him to the car, if you know what I mean. Well, God, this is God the Father, the ever compassionate, ever patient God. And he's got Jacob on one leg, won't let go. And he says, I'm not letting go until you bless me. Tell me your name, Jacob said. Listen to this. But he replied, why do you ask me my name? You know who I am. You know who I am. Why are you asking me my name? Why are you asking me my name? So Jacob called the place Peniel. Uh, and then it goes saying, I have, because I saw the face of God face to face. Yet my life was spared. And it was during that particular encounter that God actually said your name was Jacob but today read the story when you get a chance today your name is Israel now I, I want you to get the significance of this and I'm going to point it out to you in a little bit but I want you to flip back to the beginning of chapter 32 because I want you to just mark it I'm just going to tell you the story real quick and then we'll get on into what I believe God wants to tell us today about a father in verse 30, in chapter 32, rather, Jacob is preparing to reconnect to his brother Esau. How many know the story? Isaac, he, uh, he, uh, Jacob tricked his, Jacob and his mother, Rebecca, tricked his father, Isaac, into giving uh, Esau's blessing to Jacob. There was this all on plan. You know, Esau was kind of 
uh, Isaac's favorite son, and and uh, and Jacob was Rebecca's favorite son, and they they kind of had at odds with each other about who was going to get the blessing. And uh, uh, you know, Isaac sent Esau out to to get some stuff, and uh, then about the time he goes out, uh, Rebecca has number two son come in there, and he's going to get the blessing. Now, the blessing is significant. I'm not going to take a lot of time on this, but the the, the significance of the blessing is he gets a double portion of the inheritance. And everything he gets is blessed because he gets his father's blessing. You understand that? He had his father's blessing who got it from his father, Abraham. So there was Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now his name is Israel. If you weren't familiar with it, that's where the people of Israel came from. It was those that were his lineage from that time on. So the, the blessing came down from Abraham that his generations or his descendants would be would outnumber the stars. And the blessing came down to Isaac and the blessing came down to Jacob, now Israel. And God is, is what you get the picture. Jacob ripped off his brother's blessing. Jacob took what was not his to have. And it worked. It looked like it worked. It looked like. But you see, he had the blessing of the material. But I'll get into that in just a second. So just so you know, he's starting to, in, in chapter 32, he's starting to reconnect to Esau. He's got, he's got, he's going to, this is the guy, his brother that he ripped off. And he is about to reconnect to him in chapter 32. So what he's doing is devising a plan thinking, he's going to kill me. Because Esau said, I'm going to kill you. There's a reason for Isaac, or, or for Jacob rather to say, I think he's going to kill me. It's because there was, he said so. When I see him, I'm going to kill him. And so they are about to reconnect with each other, and he knows that Esau is coming his way. So what he does is, you got to understand something. Everything Jacob has now, or Israel has now, should have been Esau's. So he gets all the cattle. He's thinking, how can I do this? I'll be at the back. I'm going to stay back here, and I'm going to send a few of my representatives out with a bunch of cattle, a bunch of donkeys, and when you get there, you tell him, that your servant Jacob is waiting for you. These are his. He wants to send them ahead and bless you. He does this for three three groups of different animals and three groups of people. And basically, he puts a herd, three herds in front of him. And he sends them out in front of him. And he says, now the second one, you tell him the same thing. If you get that far, if he doesn't kill the first group of people in the herd, if, if you get that far and he doesn't kill everybody in front of you, you tell him your servant Jacob is behind you. He's waiting to bless you. He sends this ahead of you and he's going to bless you. In other words, I'm giving him a, a lot of what was really his. You get in the picture. And so, and, and to the third group, if they all don't get killed, when you get to him, you tell him the same thing. And so as the story goes, as, as it moves on, I'm going to, I am going to, uh, Jump into verse 9 of verse, of chapter 32. It says, listen to this, and I want you to, I want you to mark this scripture down in your Bibles because I'm going to come back to it in a second. This is a statement that Jacob makes many times in the Bible. Actually, in his recordings of his words. Jacob makes this statement. I never, I have never taught this in my 26 years of ministry at St. Charles River Church. I can tell you honestly, this is something that God gave me so fresh recently. I've heard it in the past, but I've never taught it before. And I have learned this personally from me. This was something deeply that God revealed to me. I caught this that in verse 9 it says, Then Jacob prayed, O God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac. O Lord, he said, 
who said, who said to me, go back to your country and your relatives and I will make you prosper. I am unworthy of all the kindness. You see, when Esau met him, he hugged him and he loved him. He forgave him. He said, I am unworthy of all the kindness and faithfulness you have shown your servant. I had only my staff when I crossed this Jordan. And now I have become two groups. Save me. I pray from the hand of my brother Esau. And, and I, he said, I am afraid he will come and attack me and all the mothers with their children. He said, you, you have said, but you have said, I will surely make you prosper and will make your descendants like the sand of the sea, which cannot be counted. By the way, this is a promise to, to Israel now. This is Israel's promise. And he is undeserving of God's promises. And my brother is about to kill me. I just told you, though, when Esau sees him, he hugs him and he loves on him. He spent the night there and, and, and it goes on into the story goes on into. He does send them on ahead. He sends them on ahead of him and he stays there alone. And that's when he gets into that portion of scripture that I read to you in, in, in uh, the latter part of chapter 32, that he begins to wrestle with God and he has this experience. I want you to know, I'm going to go back to a very significant statement that he made at verse nine. And I want you to catch this. I'm talking about father's lineages now, whether it's good or it's bad. I'm talking about father's lineages in, in verse 9 of chapter 32, Jacob or Israel prays, then he says, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac. But he stopped right there. You see, a lot of us have been serving God because our grandfather served God. A lot of us have served God because our dads made us go to church. A lot of us are in church today because, and, and that goes for you as well, watching this broadcast. A lot of you were raised in church and you got your opinions of God through perhaps the father that made you go to church and perhaps he was somebody different when he got home. It, but, but, but you were made to go to church and you were made to serve the God of your father or you were made to serve the God of your grandfather. But this is the experience. This is what Jacob is looking for in this connection with God as he's wrestling with him. I want my own blessing from the father. Do you get the picture? I don't want my grandfather's blessing. I don't want my father's blessing. I want my own blessing. I want to wrestle with you until I get you to say you are blessed. I bless you. He got he got Isaac's blessing, which came down from Abraham. That wasn't good enough. He had a he wanted a relationship with his father, heavenly father on his own. He didn't want it to be the God of my father, the God of my father's father. What he was saying is, I want my own personal intimate blessing with God and I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Not until you give it to me the same way you gave it to my grandfather Abraham and my father Isaac. I'm not letting go. And God thought it was cute. And he blessed him. You know, the first time that he actually says, Listen to this. The first time that he actually says, turn over in chapter 33. In chapter 33, just before verse, uh, before chapter 34, the last verse, it's verse 20 of chapter 33 of the book of Genesis. There he set up, there Israel, set up an altar and called it, and I'm going to put it in English, the God of Israel. 
This was the first time that since he wrestled with God and God actually gave him what he was persistent about. Let me tell you, if you're wrestling with God, if you're wrestling with God, I have wrestled with God. I know what it is to wrestle with God through whether it's my failures or with, through things that I was discouraged about and believe that God, God walked away from me or he didn't fulfill the promises that he had made to me personally. There were times I wrestled with God and I've told you the story back in 1996. When I was up in Kansas City at a convention from a previous church, the pastor told me that we were all going as a pastoral staff. Some of you know the story. And I and I went up to a, a great convention. I was a Hispanic speaker. And when I got there, by the way, the rest of the pastoral staff didn't get to go. And the pastor told me, you still got to go. You still got to go. And I did. And I went up by myself. I called Gene. I said, I'm not real happy about this. How many know sometimes associate pastors don't like what their senior pastors do? I'm sorry. I, I understand. I do understand. There were times I was not happy and I was told what I had to do. One day I had to get up on the roof in the middle of an ice storm of the, the church facility to shut one unit off at midnight. It's true. I won't do that because I had that done. I know what it feels like. But anyway, I went to this convention. I went to the convention and a Hispanic speaker was speaking. I've told you the story. And my first thought was, Lord Jesus, we will be here all night. He's got, he's got to say it, then he's got to interpret it. You guys remember how we did that, right? A 30-minute message is an hour. My math's not that good, so I won't go any further than that. But I'm just telling you, it got twice as long. And sometimes you look at each other and say, is that what you mean to say? No, actually what I meant to say was this. And then we have to have a clarification of the clarification. And I was sitting there thinking, it's going to last all night. This is going to last all night. And because that pastor sent me where I didn't want to go, to spend a weekend by myself at a convention that we had a Hispanic speaker and I was going to be there all night. It was because of that. I'm across the aisle from a white-haired old man, and I mean quite elderly old man. And and, and he was well into his 80s. And God bless, I hope I look as good as you guys, you know, that are in your 80s. But he, he gets out of, on the aisle and I hear him say, God, I don't want to miss this. I've missed it all these years. I have missed it all these years. And this old man gets out there and has a Jacob moment where he begins to wrestle with God. And it doesn't matter what his daddy did. doesn't matter what his grandfather did. What mattered is he wasn't going to walk away until God gave him the same thing Jacob was looking for. And he laid there weeping before God and begging God to give him a revelation. And that is exactly what God did for Jacob, Israel. My grandfather, you know my dad, my grandfather, his father, Jesse Ivey, was a, an amazing church planter. Uh, church planted, he and my grandmother were both ordained uh, Assemblies of God pastors. Both of, between the two of them, they, they, they started 37 churches across the United States of America. From Arkansas to Missouri to, uh, what's that state over there? I- Illinois. <laughs> Illinois. I'm looking, I'm looking east here. Illinois, up into Ohio, Iowa, 37 churches. When my grandfather died, Time Magazine covered two issues. I've got one of them. Time Magazine in 1953 covered my grandfather's death. Because he was known, he was, he was very well known throughout the United States, he and my grandmother, as the traveling Ozark preacher. That's what he was known as. Four generations beyond him, 
We're Baptist pastors, Southern Baptist pastors. See, I told you where we came from. Southern Baptist pastors, all... My grandfather was a Southern Baptist pastor at one point, then he went on into the Assemblies of God. But four back, I only know the one... uh, I only know my great-great... Yeah, my great-granddaddy, that was John Ivey. And then there was, I think, a Joseph Ivey behind him. But four behind my father, my, my grandfather rather, four total of five generations back were pastors between the Baptist Church and the Assemblies of God churches. That has nothing to do with why I'm here today. I am here today because God gave me my own blessing. God gave me my own personal relationship with Him, and it has nothing to do with my Father. At some point, I just want to encourage you, if there's any reason why your Father or the image of Father is somehow difficult for you, get beyond that, because the truth is, your Heavenly Father wants to bless you with your own blessing. I I pray that He doesn't throw my hip out out of wrench. I don't want to wrestle with him to the point, but that was something, let me tell you, that was something that stuck with Joseph, or that stuck with with, with uh, Jacob, rather, Israel. That stuck with him. You know, every time that dude limped, get the picture. I, people are like, did he leave him that way? Get the picture. Every time that dude limped, I saw God. Can you imagine Putting your arms around God, the Creator. Can you imagine? I think, I'm, I'm not sure, but I think I would take a limp if I actually got to put my arms around the Father and wrestle with Him like His kid. I've, I'm serious. I get this picture of this Father swing. Can you imagine Jacob going around? I don't know what it all looked like, but it was a Father wrestling with His Son. Can you imagine? Wouldn't it be amazing if the rest of Israel's life I saw the face of God. I saw the face of God. I saw him face to face. And in verse 32, or chapter 32, was the first time he actually said, God is the God of Israel. I hope for you, if you're watching this broadcast today, I hope you will go after God the same as Jacob, Israel, went after God on that day. Each of us need to have There's no excuses when we stand before God. Well, my father, he didn't display the greatest example of who you are. That may be true. Or, like in my case, I can say, my father displayed Jesus. I got to see that face to face. But I'm going to tell you something. At some point, this is what God is calling us to do. God is calling us to have a one-on-one wrestling match with our Heavenly Father. He's calling us to have a one-on-one. What is it you want from God? Don't give up. Hang on, whatever it is, whatever it is that you want from God, when you get a hold of him, like this white-haired old man in Kansas City that night, when you get a hold of him, don't let go. Don't get up. Stay there until you get what you're looking for from God. And I would even say, get a little bossy. Demand God Give me your blessing. God, give me a revelation of who... Anybody listening to this? Anybody getting this? Everybody getting this? God, give me your best. I want... I don't want what my father had. I don't want what my granddaddy had. I want what's mine because I stole it from... Listen to me. Because I stole it from Esau. So I've really never had my own blessing. 
But I am determined. I'm going to stay right here with my arms around your hip. If I have to get on top of your shoulders and put one leg over your shoulder and pull your head like Sienna did with, with Darrell. If I have to hold you in a headlock, God, I'm not leaving till I get my blessing. Because I'm going to stand before you one day. And I want to hear these words. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You see, I want to serve the God of Barry Ivy. I'm not serving the God of Jesse Ivy and Rena Ivy. I'm not serving the God of, of my, of my mom and dad, Billy and Brenda Ivy. I don't want to, that's not the God I'm serving. I'm serving the God that gave me my own personal revelation. And thank God my hip wasn't thrown out of socket. But I, can I tell you the truth? I did. I stayed down there till that white haired old guy got up. Cause I wasn't getting up. Unless that old white-haired guy got up. And I'm telling you, in five minutes, what I'd heard all my life. This is the truth. This is the truth before the Lord. This is the truth before the Lord. What God, I'd heard in all my life. How old was I back then? About 35, something like that. 96, whatever it was. Do the math. Somebody do the math real quick and tell me how old I was. Born in 61. Anyway, 1996. Just a child. Thank you, Pastor. I love you. I love you. Let me tell you something. What God gave to me in English for over three decades, the Holy Spirit gave to me in Espanol. And I didn't understand a word he was saying. That man only spoke for about five minutes in Espanol. And the Spirit of God felt. And there was about 3,000 people in the room. I know that because I know how full that auditorium was. It was a theater-style seating. Look it up, Evangel Temple, Kansas City, Missouri. And I'm telling you, the Spirit of God broke in that room. And there were a lot of Jacobs wrestling with God that night. And I was one of them down on the floor. And when I got up, I walked away a different man. You see, he was the God of Barry Ivy. I'm going to close with this. I never will forget when Gene and I went in. For our credentials with the assemblies of God. Got to say it just right. You got to pucker a little bit. We were going in to get our credentials with the assemblies of God. I, I pray to God that, Ray, if you're watching this at the district office, I am. I want to know why you're not in church if you are. That, that, anyway. Oh, you joined us. I'm sorry. Okay. So here's, you know, we're sitting there in the district offices. This was not Ray. Just so you know, this was not Ray. And Gene and I are sitting there, you know, nervous as a cat. You remember what that felt like, don't you? Pam, you, you, you and Rick remember what that felt like, don't you? Who all went through Anna, you remember what that felt like, right? Who all went through that? Anybody else raise a... Yeah, you went through that, Pastor Harvey. I think you wrote the book. You didn't. Okay. So we're all sitting... Gene and I are sitting there nervous as a cat, and the district superintendent at the time walks into the, into the meeting room. Gina will tell you, oh, you, Pastor Mike, you went through it. You and Christine, I'm sorry, you're way off to my right. You guys, you guys remember the nervousness, right? Okay, so I'm sitting there. I knew there was somebody else. I'm sitting there sweating profusely because I don't know what they're going to say. And this is what he said. This is what the district superintendent says to me. Good evening. Gentlemen, you know, gentlemen, I know these two. Good stock, good stock. And I thought, what am I, a cow? I'm a cow? What, what do you mean good stock? I knew his grandfather, knew his grandmother. Godly people, godly people. 
knew her father, preached at a, a revival at his church one day because Gina's father was a Assemblies of God pastor. Good stock, good stock. I recommend them highly. That was the interview. I rode coattails because someone trusted my family. Now, I'm telling you, I'm not complaining. But that was not a personal, intimate encounter with God. I rode coattails. But there's going to come a day when coattails won't make it anymore. And we will stand before God. And either you will have had your own reveal to me who you are God moment. Or you won't. So I want to encourage you. Bow your heads with me. I want to encourage you before we leave this place. And if you're watching by broadcast. I want to encourage you today to have your own your own experience. Genesis chapter 33 verse 20 says. There he set up an altar and he called it the God of Israel. And today I'm asking you, can you honestly set up an altar somewhere in your life where you remember a point where you declared him to be the God of and insert your own name? I can. I can remember that moment for me. You are my God. You're not my dad's God. You're not my grandfather's God. You are my God and I am your son. Father, I ask in Jesus name. No one's looking around. I ask in Jesus name. That you will touch the hearts right now because I'm going to ask each of you and those of you that are watching by the live stream broadcast. I want to ask you if you would like to have today a day today where you say, Lord, I, I maybe I've never really had that moment, that Jacob moment where I've actually wrestled with you and demanded of you to bless me with a revelation of your love for me personally and intimately. I've never really had that. If that's you, no one's looking around. Just raise your hand real high and pull it right back down. I'm not going to call you out. Anybody? Yes, thank you. Anyone else? If that's you watching by broadcast, yes, thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? I Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Anyone else? I just want to pray this prayer with you. And if you're watching this broadcast by live stream, I want you to pray this prayer with me. I want everyone in this room to pray this prayer so that everyone's voices will ring out, okay? Heavenly Father, I ask you today that you bring me a divine revelation of my own. That you will show me that you are my God. Not my father's or my grandfather's. But that you are my God and that you are my Savior. Today, I put my arms around you and I commit... That from this day forward, I will wrestle with you until you bless me with a revelation of your love for me. In the name of Jesus Christ, and every believer said, Amen. Give the Lord a huge shout and a hand. We hope you found this audio presentation from St. Charles River Church both beneficial and enjoyable. If you're ever in the area, you can also reach us online at www.stcharlesriverchurch.org.